It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. The Barracuda returned back to the Bay Area for one game, wrapping up a three-game set with the San Diego goals on Tuesday at Solar for America Ice. Earlier that afternoon, the Sharks announced the reassignment of forwards Noah Gregor and Alexander True. Before the game, Gregor said his goal was to play his game and try to help the team win. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, part of it is to you know stay in that game shape and, and be ready if, if that time comes and get called up. Uh, you know, this season's been crazy. There's guys going up and down all the time. So uh, I'll just try and go out, play my game, and, uh, you know, help the team win. He certainly made his mark. Just 11 seconds into Tuesday's tilt, with the goals, Gregor galloped into the offensive zone and snapped a shot past San Diego's Lukas Dostal, the fastest goal to start a game in Barracuda history. We're underway from Solar for America Ice on this Tuesday night. Happy to have you alongside Nick Nolenberger here. And Gregor right on display. He shoots. He scores. The Barracuda will go onto the power play twice in the first period on Tuesday. But it wasn't until 2.28 of the second period before the club was able to add on to its lead. This time, Gregor would spot Frederick Handemark in the low slot from below the goal line, and the 27-year-old Swede would snap in his third of the year. Merkley along for Gregor. Eludes a check. Carries it down the right wing side. Powers his way in front. They shoot. They score! Handemark out with a bang at home, and the Barracuda extend their lead to 2-0. Less than two and a half minutes later, Handemark would intercept a pass in the neutral zone. Spot Evan Weinger rink wide, who gave it along to Jaden Holbgawaks, and Holbgawaks in alone on Dostal was able to sneak it through his 5-hole to give the Barracuda a 3-0 lead. And it's scooped up by the goals and carried back to center ice by Gooley. But he's stripped of the puck in the neutral zone by Handemark. He's got a man right side. It's Wanger. Back to Holbgawaks. Backhander. He scores! After Holbgawaks' goal, the Barracuda would fall into a bit of penalty trouble in the second period. And on San Diego's fourth power play of the night, Cody Curran would get the goals on the board with his third of the year. The 31-year-old was the Swedish Hockey League's MVP last season. In the third, the goals would really make things interesting, as current captain Sam Carrick would direct in a power play goal at 16:36, drawing San Diego within one. Goals back into the zone. Karen Agazino left side. Touched in, they score. What patience by Podorowski look. But former goals captain Jacob Magna would seal the 4-2 win with an empty netter at 19-29. Back to the near wall. 40 seconds remaining. Barracuda trying to get the puck out. Hand to Mark. Can't clear. That was actually Malosh. Now fired wide. Corralled by Jake Magna. Bidding for his first of the year. He scores! Magna from his own zone is able to bury it on the empty net. And the Barracuda get that... Also important, insurance goal. 
Head coach Roy Somers spoke to the media following his team's win. Yeah, you know what I, you know what I really liked about our game was like, you know, I think it was the first period and a half. You know, our body of work in the five on five, I thought was real solid. Like we were breaking out good. And, you know, we made some great plays on some of the goals and, and uh, you know, I thought the goaltenders, you know, he's gotten better and better every game. And, you know, special teams got another goal. You know, I think they, you know, we gave up one on the, the uh, two on the power play, I guess, tonight. But uh, anyways, for the most part, it was it was a pretty solid effort. On Friday, the Barracuda were back on the road, kicking off the first of four consecutive games against the Bakersfield Condors and the first of two in Bakersfield over the weekend. The Oilers affiliate entered Friday winners of six in a row, outscoring their opponents 27-6 during the winning streak. In the first meeting on March 3rd, Bakersfield scored three times in the first period en route to a 6-0 win. On Friday, it was more of the same for the Condors. Despite the Barracuda putting the first seven shots on net, it was veteran Adam Cracknell who opened up the scoring on Bakersfield's first shot of the game at 6:29. Hands off, there's a shot, they score on their first shot of the game. The Condors are able to find the back of the net. A turnover by the Barracuda. They can't get it out. Yarosh. Got the Condor kind of navigate through his skates. Griffith, and it ends up Get bubbled home. At 13-19, Condors forward Jacob Stuckel was called for hooking, but the Condors would make it shorthanded goals in consecutive games, as rookie James Hamblin would make it goals in back-to-back games after netting his first of his pro career on Wednesday. Noah Gregor, and handed off. Here's a, a shorthanded chance for Hamblin. Drops for Cracknell, puck to Hamblin, he scores! Cracknell's shot was denied, but Hamblin was right there to clean it up. Luke Esposito, who scored twice in the first meeting between San Jose and Bakersfield, extended the Condors' lead to 3-0 at 4-19 of the second. And then in the third, Cooper Marodi would extend his point streak to eight games with his AHL best ninth goal of the year. McLeod will stuff it down low for Tyler Benson. Centered in front, they score! Cooper Marodi, who already has an assist tonight, gets the feed from Tyler Benson, and Marodi threads it through the five hole. Alex True would finally get one past Stuart Skinner at 10.53, but it was too little, too late. Gregor centers for Magda. Big rebound, they score! Alexander True cleans up the rebound on the backhand, puts it over the left pad of Stuart Skinner. Assistant coach Michael Chason spoke prior to Saturday's game about what his team needed to do to have a better outcome. Well, you said it there. I mean, uh, Roy, you know, he, he emphasized in his five-on-five, five, you know, pre-scout meeting of, you know, kind of what these guys do and, and how they start, right? I mean, outscoring their opponents, you know, it's it, it's a big thing. It's how these guys get momentum. It's how they get rolling. And you, you look at with way we started, like you said, you know, seven chances. I thought Truzy could have had a bunch of, you know, a bunch of goals early, right? And, and you know, after that, we just, we never really had a pushback. We never really had an opportunity to kind of grab the game back. And then second period was filled with, you know, some penalties and some power plays. And we just never had any any life after that. So it's it's not good enough from our group. We need more guys going. And, you know, looking back at it, you know, like you said, after the first seven, eight, nine, ten minutes, um, you know, we, we, we didn't really control any of the game. We never had any pushback. On Saturday, the Barracuda made a couple of lineup changes. Swapping goalies Alexei Melnichuk and Yosef Kozhanash, who was on the Sharks' taxi squad, 
Melnichuk had played the last five games for the Barracuda. The team also inserted Carlos Schuksta and Robbie Russo for rookies Zach Gallant and Brandon Coe. The Condors continued their incredible ability to get off to strong starts scoring the first goal for the ninth consecutive game on Saturday and took a 1-0 lead into the first intermission as Cooper Marodi made it points in nine straight with his 10th goal of the year at 1340 of the first. Tapering into the high slot is Benson. He'll funnel one towards the net, former Vancouver Giant. Here's a chance, they score. Cooper Marodi again finds the net. He's up to double-digit goals on the year, and it's a 1-0 Bakersfield lead. But at 4-14 of the second, Ryan Merkley was able to bank in his first pro goal to tie the game up at 1-1. Now Merkley carries it down the wing, trying to tuck it in. He scores! Ryan Merkley, a pinball job from below the goal line, has his first professional goal. After the goal, the Barracuda would generate multiple chances as they search for their first lead. First, Alexander True would skip one off the right post. Now Kevin Gravel. His pass taken away. True now works in. There's a shot. Save made. Rebound off the post. And then on the penalty kill, Jeff Viel would get robbed by Stuart Skinner on a two-on-one. One shorthanded, works his way down. His shot count has got his stick on it when Human Zamboni got just a piece of it. Blickfeld gets it back, centers in front for Viel, and Skinner comes up with a brilliant save. After the Barracuda flurry, Marodi would again manage to find the twine, tipping a point shot past Kojanash at 17.09 of the second period to give Bakersfield a 2-1 lead. That extends his point streak to nine games as well. There's a shot from the left point by Nima Leinen, and he picks the corner. And Bakersfield's back up by a goal right off the faceoff draw, a perfectly placed shot. And I think Marodi may have deflected that puck home. He's celebrating. Just 41 seconds into the third, though, Joachim Blickfeld would tie the game up at 2-2 with his team leading sixth of the year. Right wing side, Gregor returned to True in on net. Big rebound. They score! Joachim Blickfeld cleans up the rebound. And then fellow Dane Alexander True would give the Barracuda their first lead of the season against the Condors at 422 of the third. Played there by Skinner. He came out of the net. Wrap around. They score! True able to wrap it around and tuck it inside the left post as Skinner came out to play the puck. And the Barracuda have their first lead of the season against Bakersfield. With their net empty, down by a goal, and an extra attacker on the ice, Bakersfield's Tyler Benson would thread a pass to Marodi, who jammed in the hat trick at 19-14 to tie the game up at 3-3. Five seconds remaining in regulation. Walking the blue line is Benson. Now for McLeod to Benson. Far side, they score. It's Marodi, the hat trick. The game would need overtime. In just 30 seconds into the extra session, Ryan McLeod was called for tripping, putting the Barracuda onto a four-on-three power play. Despite multiple chances, Bakersfield was able to kill off the power play, their 26th consecutive successful penalty kill. And McLeod, out of the box, would get sprung free at a breakaway and win it in overtime at 2.37. And that's going to do it for the power play. McLeod on his feet in the box is freed and will play four on four, and he's going to have a breakaway chance. Here comes McLeod, works in, scores! Ryan 
and McLeod out of the penalty box wins it in overtime. And the Condors complete the comeback. They extend their winning streak to eight games. The Barracuda return back to the SAP Center on Tuesday and Wednesday for games three and four consecutively against Bakersfield. Tuesday and Wednesday's games mark the first games played this season for the Barracuda at the Shark Tank. When we come back, we'll have a chat with Barracuda General Manager Joe Will. This is Cuda Confidential. Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light Silver Seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly. So post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Must be 21 or older. Celebrate responsibly. Termites, rodents, and other pests never rest. Luckily, neither does Planet Orange. Think you may have a pest problem? Call 1-800-7-ORANGE for a free termite inspection or general pest consultation from our licensed professionals. Planet Orange is an innovator in effective, eco-friendly pest control methods. They'll customize each program for your needs using the most eco-friendly solution available. So don't wait. Call 1-800-7-ORANGE. That's 1-800-767-2643. Or go to planetorange.com and get started today. Planet Orange. Orange, you glad you called? We are pleased to be joined by the general manager of the San Jose Barracuda, Joe Will, for our monthly catch-up. Always look forward to this, Joe. Thank you very much for the time. Let's jump right into it. We are about a quarter of the way through the season now. It is flying by. Give us a little bit of a progress report for the Barracuda so far here, about a month and month and change into our season. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, really hard to believe that we're a quarter of the way in, and and touch wood, you know, the past few weeks has gone really well, so we're we're starting to get a little bit of, of uh, momentum, and that's what it's really all about. I I just felt like the first month of the season, it was we get just a little bit of something going, and then it would kind of shut down. But uh, you know, touch wood, the past few weeks we've got some momentum, and I I've liked a lot of the things that we've seen. I mean, first and foremost, we've been able to rotate a lot of the players up to the. Show sharks and 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 keep players ready to play and everything like that so as you'll see you know today there's a couple players from the sharks taxi squad coming back to the barracuda so that rotation has been uh, quite consistent of players getting opportunities and you know we've been able to use it to have players ready for the sharks but also just keep uh, developing players so uh, i'm pretty happy in that regard when it comes to the taxi squad you have players that are going up and not necessarily getting in games but they're kind of swapping positions you'll send players down to the ahl and then you'll recall players up to the taxi squad for a player let's use nick de simone as an example yet to get into a game but he's around all these nhl guys he's with the nhl group do you think there's some value that can be gained for a player even though they're not getting into the lineup they're kind of immersed around these national hockey league players absolutely there's value and what we found now is is that you just have to control the amount of time that, that a player's on the taxi squad because at, at times, you know, they'll, they'll come up to the taxi squad, they'll get the benefit of practicing with the uh, NHL coaches, with the NHL team, but they're missing out on some games. And if they don't get into the NHL games, uh, uh, 
they, they need to get into something. So it, it's what we found out over time. We've never, you know, in all my years in hockey, 30 plus years, we've never had anything like a taxi squad before. So it, it took a little while to learn how to manage it. And I guess to manage it is to do a, a rotation uh, uh, through there. So, so the players get benefit of practicing with the NHL team, but also they don't stay there too long and they can uh, come down and play some games with the AHL. Yeah, it's really interesting because you get these players that come back to the AHL and they're not frustrated. They're not discouraged. They're excited to get into the lineup for some of these guys because it's been a stretch of time where they've actually been in game action. A lot of rookies on the Barracuda this season. We see right now a handful on the roster. We see some down in the ECHL, some on the Sharks taxi squad, some even contributing up the NHL at the Sharks. Give us a little bit of a, a progress support on the guys on the Barracuda roster right now. Rookies, Gallant, McGrew, Pashnuk, Shuksta, the current rookies on the roster. What have you thought about the young players and their ability to adapt in a very unique season so far? Well, I think, uh, you know, we're a pretty, pretty young team and a lot of, uh, you know, good prospects uh, who are first-year players. And for the most part, I think they've done done quite well. We've tried to keep the Barracuda roster at, at kind of a minimum and take the, the extra players, you alluded to a few of them, that went to the ECHL. And we've tried to use that just so that they're not sitting at the AHL level, that they're going down, they're playing big-time minutes in the – ECHL and and performing with you know Greffa and Topping and uh, uh, Rabic for instance those three forwards here and then back uh, you know with the Barracuda it's it's rotating first year guys Jake McGrew's played quite a few games uh, Gallant's kind of been you know in and out uh, we're we're pretty deep at center there so you know it's it's uh, uh, he's been in and out but he's got some pretty good minutes and uh, um, you know so pretty happy about our first year guys our defensemen Merkley and, and Pashnuk have played a, a heck of a lot there and uh uh Shukste, he's he's had to move to forward to get into the lineup a little bit more but uh you know he started off his first game there uh with the goal so uh you know things things are coming for him as well yeah carlos is a happy-go-lucky personality is happy to be there and certainly happy to get in the lineup whether it's on the blue line or up at the forward spot, which he has played in his first three games. A couple of players, rookies who are with the Barracuda to start the season, have since been reassigned back to their junior clubs. Tristan Robbins, Ozzie Weisblatt. What an awesome season debut for Ozzie Weisblatt. He dropped the mitts. He had a goal. He had a couple of assists. You've seen those guys back in, in the junior level. It's got to be nice, you know, from your standpoint to see the WHL, at least that East Division, get off the ground and see some of the prospects getting some games back with their junior clubs. Oh, I love it. You know, with Ozzie and Tristan, it's funny. They they uh, play in the same division back in the WHL. They're both highly competitive, and they, and they were really good buddies when they were here, uh, you know, with the Barracuda. And and that was – I think that's one of the most positive uh, stories we've had all year in a – you know, with a lot of adversity that we've had, the fact that we were able to have some of these junior players at the beginning of the year, that's going to pay huge dividends. We didn't get development camps and training camps with those guys. So the fact that, uh, you know, for instance, Ozzie and Tristan were able to play these games in, in the AHL as 18-year-old players. It made them better, a great experience. So when we sent them back, they're excited to go back to the WHL. They know all the way along they're going to play there this year and probably next year as well. But they, um, 
uh, you know, they, it was funny. They traveled back together and they said to each other, they go, you know what? We're really good buddies, but for the next, next couple of months, we're opponents again. And you know what? I can't wait till they play head to head because they probably will go right after each other. Ozzy's first game was Friday night. Uh, you know, he had a, he had a goal and a couple of assists and then, uh, somebody was pushing his buddy around there on, on PA. So he, he went after, after a six uh, six three two hundred pound guy got a fight for the uh, ended up getting the Gordy Howe hat trick, which is great for Ozzy if you know him. That's uh, that would be a big source of pride for him. And then and then Tristan had a nice goal last night for Saskatoon and a win. So uh, I, I can't wait till they play each other though. And then we got Dylan Hamilock uh, who went back to. Um, uh, Kelowna in the BC division, they, they're starting a little bit later, but, uh, you know, that'll be good for Dylan to get back, getting some games. The, the next guy will be Coe. Uh, we're hearing that the OHL, um, might be close to, to starting up if that's the case. And Brandon Cole will go back and, and play some games. These guys right now, they just need games. You know, it's, uh, uh, they're, they're at, the, at their young age. It was, it, you know, they're going to get a few with, uh, with the AHL, but what they need is, is CHL, uh, junior hockey and, and hopefully they're all going to get it now. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I was just thinking about Co last night on our bus trip back from Bakersfield. He made his American Hockey League debut on Friday. But, you know, at this point in the season, in a normal year, you know, he'd probably have 40-plus games under his belt in his junior season. And instead, he's practicing and skating with the AHL team, which is certainly very valuable, too, in a unique situation. Frederick Handmark, let's talk about this player for a moment. Older guy. Coming over from Europe, seasoned, he's been able to have a lot of success in the SHL. There's always an adjustment with players. We saw it with Marcus Sorensen when he came over a handful of years ago. Redeem Shimmick spent a full year in the AHL. They have to adjust to the smaller playing surface. For Handemark, it's an accelerated learning curve this year because of the shortened season. But he seems like he's getting more and more comfortable, at least at the AHL level, with every game that he puts under his belt. And he scored his first NHL goal the other night, uh, getting in the lineup in that nice 6 nothing win over the Ducks. He's a really good student. He learns very, very quickly. Uh, we talked about that. We had a, a coaching and development call this week, and, and we talked about Frederick. And, you know, Frederick... Uh, even going back to Sweden, one of the reasons we signed him, you know, big, heavy, strong body, uh, good on draws, you know, good kind of classic 4C type of guy. And uh, uh, so he started out with the Barracuda and Roy was talking. He said he didn't understand certain things, you know, a bigger rink to smaller rink. And then, you know, the way certain teams, certain guys, they see him as a big guy. So they'll, they'll push him. And at first he's going, what's this? And then after that, he, he goes, Oh, Oh, I should push back. And he pushes back. And you know, that, that took him a, a game or two to kind of learn that. Uh, yeah, I think it kind of helped playing with Curtis Gabriel and, and Bergman, you know, they were, that, that was a menacing line when they were together. And I think that kind of helped Frederick, but uh, you know, Frederick went in and he, he certainly made the sharks look bigger, you know, and, and he can, he can skate and he can move and he's big and, and the face-offs and and him with Gabriel uh, even up at the NHL level that's that's a that's a huge couple of, of players there and, and you could really tell you know against Anaheim uh, they 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 both played really well blown away by how big he is in person you don't realize how big of a guy he is until you stand next to him he is long he is rangy he's got that long reach excellent of course on the face-off dots I'm sure that was an encouraging or intriguing part of his game and a reason why you brought him in as a potential you know fourth line center iceman let's talk about Curtis Gabriel for a moment he's becoming a fan favorite among Sharks fans almost instantly for what he has been able to provide at the NHL level down in the American League as well contributing with some goals 
willing to drop the mitts, willing to support teammates. I don't know if you've noticed this, but on social media, it's become uh, a craze. He tweeted about eating baked potatoes one day, and now all the fans are talking about baked potatoes. But give us uh, your thoughts on Curtis Gabriel and the type of energy that he's been able to provide the big club so far in his stint up in the NHL. Well, that's it. It's energy. It's, it's honesty. Uh, you know, it's accountability, things like that. So, so Curtis really, you know, you can, you can see his emotions and, and he just, he's wired high, you know, he's ready to kind of go out and, and he wants to make a difference in the game and he wants to pump up his teammates. You know, he does so much. He wants to protect his teammates. He wants to pump up his teammates. You know, he's got like kind of those little Gronk type qualities to him a little bit, you know, where he'll just kind of say something off the cuff and, 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 uh, you know, it, the fans, the players, everybody else would get a little, little chuckle out of that. And, you know, it, it, it it's effective. And uh, so really, really happy for Curtis, you know, he's, he's been there and, and uh, you know, certainly nice to see him in, in certain, especially against certain opponents, you know, against Vegas and, and uh, against Anaheim. And, and that's, that's his next thing is be able to kind of make himself valuable against really any opponent, because as we see, they're all different. There's some big and heavy teams and there's some, you know, smaller and skilled teams and, and Curtis's next step will just be able to kind of play in all, all situations. So, you know, we look at him as, as, uh, still a developing player and everything else he's young enough and and uh but you know he's uh he's making his mark a little bit in in uh national league which is is great to see we're talking to barracuda general manager joe will randy Hahn shared an awesome story on twitter it was written a handful of years ago but it just talks about curtis gabriel's path to the nhl a very long long shot he was twice passed up in the nhl draft even at the junior level, wasn't given a lot of minutes his first couple of years, but uh, a really tremendous story. And a guy certainly taking advantage of an opportunity. Let's talk a little bit about the goaltenders. We saw Yosef Kozhanash get the start last night after being up on the Sharks taxi squad. Alexei Melnichuk had started the last five straight games. And with Melnichuk still adjusting like Handemark to the condensed space on the ice, dealing with more traffic here in North America and just a little bit more of a, a physical brand of hockey that's in his grill, but he seems like a guy that's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. I'm sure working with Danny Sabrin and, and having Evgeny Nabokov as a translator and helping communicate has helped a ton for him as well, but just getting games under his belt seems like has helped his game and, and has allowed for him to get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, it's there's been some adversity for the goaltenders because of the taxi squad. We have to have a third goalie with the Sharks at all times. And these are two young developing goaltenders. So, you know, it's we try and make the best we can when they're up with the Sharks. They they miss the game situation, but they get the, you know, the practicing with NHL players and uh, and working with Nabby. And so I think much like we said with the taxi squad for other reasons, we've, we've kind of adjusted that over time. And I think now that's kind of coming into a, a good flow. We're seeing play, you know, one guy playing three games and going back and the other guy coming in and playing three games and such, you know, that three, four games, uh, that'll probably be how we're going to do it here for a while. Uh, the other thing we're seeing is that we're, you know, consistency in coaching last year, we, we had some, uh, you know, some change where Nabby was kind of working with both levels of, of guys. And now this year, when he brought in Danny Sabrin, the consistency, when, you know, when you're with the Sharks, Nabby's with you 100% of the time. When you're with the Barracuda, Danny's with you 100% of the time. When they're, both teams are in town, then they 
they they also kind of watch the others. So so we've kind of doubled the uh, the amount of goaltending coaching within there. And you know, I I think uh, uh, Cornish has made a, a really good uh, bounce back. You know, it was a, a hard year for the team last year, a hard year for him. I think he he learned from that. He learned some things and you know, approach to the game. I think he, he learned in some adjustments and things like that, but I give him a lot of credit. Like after that first period uh, against Ontario uh, when he had the bounce back and then the next night and everything else, uh, you know, he, he, he hasn't looked back from that. He's, he's just, uh, you know, kind of got that mojo going again. Like the, I was talking to Roy today. He's got that, that, that thing where, you know, he was kind of uh, like, like a pillow. He was said uh, pucks were coming and, and, and he just, stop and smother pucks and and he looked bigger and and things like that like the 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 old joseph that that we saw a couple of years ago and then the team had so much faith in you know and and we forget how young he is and and same with melnichuk and how young he is and melnichuk's got you know the uh, a whole bunch of things that are, are new for him from the language and culture to the um uh, you know, to the uh, playing on the rink here to, to the AHL game and, and, and then, and then adding in the taxi squad. So he's having a lot thrown his way and like anything else, um, you know, adversity for hockey players usually pays dividends, you know, for the strong-willed individual and they both are, and they're, they, they fought through things on there. So, you know, I think they just keep plugging away, putting miles on the odometer between the taxi squad and, and, and AHL games. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're very bullish on both guys. Yeah. Goaltending, you know, history says that it takes a little bit of time for some of these guys. I mean, look at Jordan Bennington and his path to the NHL. It took him a little bit of time for Yosef, Got married this offseason, a little bit more mature, a little bit more comfortable in year number three, but he certainly looks like he's back to that rookie season form so far in a small sample size. General Manager of the San Jose Barracuda, Joe Will. Joe, we appreciate it. Enjoy this every month. Looking forward to uh, next month when we can catch up again. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick. A reminder on Tuesday, puck drop is scheduled between the Barracuda and Condors for 6 o'clock. You can listen live to our pregame show starting at 530 at sjbarracuda.com slash listen through the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. And as always, you can watch the game at ahltv.com. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying so long until next time.